Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. Ladies, I have a question for you. Are you struggling to meet a suitable partner? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button to find out the three things to focus on to quickly meet your perfect partner. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I can't tell you how excited I am today to bring you our featured guest, J.P. Sears. J.P., welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. That makes me feel um, uh, good inside hearing that lovely welcome. So thank you for having me and thank you for that enthusiastic welcome. It's hard for me to have low self-esteem talking to you. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Well, if there's anyone out there who hasn't heard of JP yet, let me give you a little background. Uh, JP Sears is an emotional healing coach. He's an international teacher. He speaks at events. He's a world traveler and a curious student of life. His work empowers people to live more meaningful lives. JP presents classes, workshops, online seminars, and leads retreats at numerous locations around the world on inner healing and growth. He's also very active on his YouTube channel, Awaken with JP, where he encourages healing and growth through his entertainingly informative and inspiring videos, such as his hit Ultra Spiritual Comedy Series. You can learn more about JP and his work at awakenwithjp.com and youtube.com forward slash awakenwithjp. JP, take a minute or two and and fill in any blanks on that introduction and and give us a little glimpse into your personal life if you would. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, my mom tells me I'm incredibly handsome, so I think that's well worth mentioning. Um, And yeah, you know, in my personal life, uh, let's see, it's hard for me actually to tell the difference between my personal life and professional life. There is a difference. It's just a handicap of mine where I can't uh, tell the difference yet. I get a, a heck of a lot of uh, satisfaction and a sense of purpose doing the work that I do. So uh, long ramble short, I'm a workaholic. So I do a lot of what you just read. And otherwise, you know, my lovely dog Zephyr helps keep me grounded. He helps me from becoming too self, self-absorbed and too much of, uh, you know, taking my work seriously. And, you know, in my personal life, uh, I enjoy going out and doing a little bit of yard work. I enjoy sitting around and just being a little boy with my friends and being immature and uh, being playful with them. And uh, I'm fortunate I get to do a lot of traveling. So uh, when I'm traveling for work, there's always a lot of personal enjoyment because I get to see friends that are kind of scattered uh, throughout the world. That's great. That's great. And I'm, I'm glad to hear you're, you're a fellow dog owner. Uh, my dog's Mikey, and he definitely keeps me on track. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's he's my co-pilot, if you will. Um, well, JP, what I'd love to start with tonight is on the show here with, with Speaking of Partnership, we focus, of course, on partnership. And one of the things that I found is, is kind of universal with the folks I've been interviewing is we have 
I call it a guiding principle. Sometimes it's a quote, sometimes it's a mantra, but something that kind of keeps you on track regarding partnerships. And I'm wondering, what do you use for that? And, and how would you recommend that our listeners, you know, apply something like that in their life? Yeah, well, I, I love the fact that uh, you do that. And the first thing that comes to my mind is a quote that I have on my desk. Uh, it's been on my desk for at least three years at this point. And it's actually more of a question than a quote. And it says, what wants to live through me? And that question is absolutely a North Star for me. Uh, it's very important for me to be connected to uh, you know, an intangible feeling of purpose when I do what I do professionally, personally, or what's the difference uh, if you talk to a guy like me. So what wants to live through me? To me, that implies that I'm being of service to principles, ideas, creativity, a mission that's greater than myself. I do believe uh, all of us, all of you lovely listeners out there, have something greater than yourself that wants to live through you. I don't think that's the question. The question is, will you allow it? And can you be curious enough to ask, what is it that wants to live through me? And uh, I think uh, the last thing I'll say on, on that is, I think when we ignore this question that I do think is a universal question of what does want to live through me, if we ignore that long enough, then uh, what it is that wants to live through us starts knocking at our door louder and with more authority. And I think how life dissatisfaction can show up for a lot of people, uh, be it depression or just feeling empty and hollow, I think that is the feeling-oriented evidence of the knock on the door of what wants to live through us when we're ignoring the knock for too long. That, I love that. It, it's so... It's so simple and yet so powerful. Yeah, that's what, at least what I tell myself. <laughs> it, it is simple and it feels powerful to me. I might be delusional as hell and I definitely am, but it, it's so powerful to me. And for me, the, the real power in it is having the curiosity to ask the question, not necessarily getting, it, getting an answer. And, all, and very rarely does an answer come and a form of mental conceptualization of like, oh, here's an answer I can t articulate. But it's much like the North Star. We might follow it, but we're, we never actually arrive at the North Star. To me, it's a guiding light. And normally, uh, a lot of our human minds, when we hear a question, our reaction is to try and find an answer with some level of certainty. But to me, certainty here equals constriction and constipation. It means we're going to find some little speck that we can believe we comprehend in our life about why we're here. And we're going to become a dogmatic servant of that, probably to the exclusion of all the other reasons why we're here that are beyond our human mind comprehension. So out of respect to this question of what wants to live through me, I'm a heavy advocate of being curious about the answer rather than pretending to be certain about the answer. Nice. Well, I, I gotta wonder, JP, because uh, for anybody that is familiar with your your YouTube channel, which I certainly am, is that something that came to you through that question? Uh, yeah, I love it. Um, 
For me, the answer is yes. And the answer came slowly, I think, because I was in resistant to it, uh, in resistance to it, if I'm pretending like I can speak English today. <laughs> um, so the, the answer began to sort of drip feed uh, through into my life, sort of just like a slow IV drip. And it became progressive. And, and yeah, the first year and a half I did YouTube, I, I was only doing what I would call serious videos. You know, little parts of my quirky humor would come out in those videos, but they were predominantly serious. And I'm sure that has lots of purpose. But for that first year and a half, I was very resistant to my natural sense of humor, some of my natural perspectives in life. And I would dare say the, the creative spirits kept knocking at my door. And, and luckily, uh, uh, they won. The door opened. And honestly, I think the, as much as I really value and um, I'm grateful for the amount of creativity that's come through my YouTube channel via the, amongst other things, the comedy series, um, I am curious about how far the door still has yet to open. In other words, how much my fearful self is still trying to keep the door, uh, you know, only a third of the way open or only halfway open. So yeah, lo long story to your question, uh, the short answer would be yes. But I love the question. I really do. Well, it's, it's, it's funny because I'll tell you my first experience of it. A friend of mine's like, oh, you got to check out this video. And they were watching it. I think it had been posted on Facebook. Uh, and I think it may have, I, I don't know which one it was, but everybody's like, oh, that's so funny. How can he make, how does he do such a good job of, of you know, really nailing it? And, you know, we're all going, oh, yeah, I've done that or I know people like that or whatever it was. And what was fascinating was we realized well, he must be immersed in this to be able to nail it so well. There's no way you could do this just from the outside. And, and uh, you know, it was along the ultra-spiritual line and so on. And, and it was really fascinating because when I was looking to contact you and I was talking to my girlfriend, Anna, and I said, oh, yeah, I, I reached out to, to J.P. Sears. And she goes, what does he do? I go, oh, he does spiritual teaching and so on. And she goes, oh, he does? Because her only exposure to you was doing these comedic, you know, videos. And yeah. even though we both realized that must be the case, it was still not certain that that yeah. was the case. So it's it's really cool that you've brought those aspects of yourself to the front. Mm. And I personally, I'm a huge fan of incorporating amusement in our spiritual paths because mm. it can get really heavy when we get serious. Yeah. And so the fact that you're bringing that and, and being able to make light of things and and kind of being the devil's advocate for everything is like mm. uh, maybe that's over off the reservation when you go that far kind of thing it's i think it's brilliant work so thank you for doing it oh you're incredibly welcome and i really appreciate your appreciation ken and yeah there everything i do a, a an ultra spiritual comedy parody video on it's something that i have been immersed in in one way or another sometimes incredibly directly sometimes a little bit indirectly but to me the immersion is important for a couple of reasons you know one and the least of which is 
having the creativity to nail the nuances that actually make a, a video funny rather yes. than it just being over the top exaggerated slapstick comedy, which is fine in its own right. That's just not my thing. Uh, the other reason is I, I want my videos, uh, they have been in my opinion, and I want them to continue to be me shining the light on some aspect of my life. So in other words, my videos for me are a therapeutic exercise of me helping myself not take myself so seriously. It's a way of helping my, me not believe all my beliefs. Let's me have my beliefs, but not uh, believe them as dogmatically. I think otherwise, uh, the kind of the parodies can come from a place of cynicism and that's that's not the energy that I want to come from. Uh, so, for example, like, uh, have you, Ken, have you seen my How to Become Gluten Intolerant video? You know, actually, I think that was the first one I was shown. Yeah, so that one, you know, a lot of people love it. And some people, uh, if you read the comment section on YouTube, are, are incredibly offended and write to me and say, JP, you have no idea what this is like to live gluten-free and you know, to have health conditions. And, and what I don't tell those people, because I don't want to take responsibility in, uh, take the responsibility of robbing them of their own emotional charge. But what I don't tell them is I've been gluten intolerant for 14 years. This is a lifestyle I live. And, and I'm not, uh, uh, trying to be hurtful i'm trying to be playful and you know this is me it's something very uh, near and dear to my life and and then just one other thought on that i'm very blessed to have a lot of people who watch my stuff message me every day with video suggestions and you know some of them it's like oh that's a good idea others are like yep that's already on the list and others are like that's a good idea but I don't have personal experience with that mm -hmm. so that there's not going to be a video coming from me that I don't have that you know immersed experience in that you mentioned yeah that's that's fantastic well I really appreciate you giving us kind of some insights behind the, the curtain, if you will, of, of the, mm. the videos, because I know a lot of people out there are big fans of what you do. And I'd like to kind of circle back to our partnership level. And what I'd love to ask you, JP, is one of the things that our, our listeners love about the show is is the stories that our guests share. And, and I just thank you in advance for that. But what I'd yeah. love for you to start with is what's a time in your life where you, you kind of tripped up in a partnership. And what I'd love for you to share with us is, you know, what were you doing? How did you trip up? Or, you know, what'd you trip on? And then what was the lesson you learned from that that helped you move forward? Yeah, you know, honestly, the biggest example that comes to my mind is the most recent example. About uh, three months ago, uh, my relationship with my lovely now ex-girlfriend ended. And we had been in our a partnership for about two and a half years and first I'm very grateful it ended on friendly terms certainly lots of pain involved and rightfully so yet ultimately friendly terms and one of the lessons that uh, slapped me in the face and honestly I think is still slapping me in the face because I've yet to fully digest the full lessonry of it I'm doing my best the lesson is, JP, 
do your best to accept your beloved, you know, your future beloved, this beloved, accept her for who she is, not who you want her to be. And do your best to present yourself in a relationship, not who you think your partner wants you to be. Um, that is, you know, that soundbite takes 11 seconds to say, Ken, and that's, it's got so much vertical dimension to me that it's so easy to say and such a challenge to really ingest and embody. You know, I feel like a, I'm a, just like an amateur looking at this lesson. It's like, wow, yeah, what a humbling lesson. Uh, I, and I'm think, I think I'm learning from it, and it sure feels like I have so far to go. It is very tempting to me when I get into a relationship with a woman, business-wise too, however, with an intimate relationship, it's just things are intensified. It's so tempting for me to read the subtleties of uh, uh, my partner and understand in a way what are her inner voids. And then the rescuer inside of me wants to become what can fill her inner voids. And the truth is, it ultimately means I'm in a violent rejection of myself. I don't even let myself enter the relationship. All I let enter the relationship is who I'm not, which is these things and roles that I think can fill the inner void of the woman. Now, no woman ever asked me to do that. It's just part of my dysfunctional uh, patternry of the past that I pull into the present of relationships. So the, the, both the joys and certainly the pain of this past partnership uh, ending has really been a splash of cold water on my face and my heart to take a look at this. And the lesson summed up in slightly different words uh, to me comes in my ears and my heart and says, JP, be yourself, period. I'll probably only need to hear that about 67,000 more times before the, the day is out, but that's, that's the lesson that comes to my mind. Thank you, and, and thank you for being so candid about that, because it's, I'm sure it's a lesson that virtually everybody listening on some level has experienced and, and are very likely still in. I know I am. And it, 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 you reminded me as you were talking about, you know, trying to, to be who you think they want you to be and those type of things. And I remember I had a, a friend of mine, Jennifer, that once said to me, she goes, you show up too fast in relationships. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, you like are just all you right away. <laughs> I'm like, well, I kind of want to. So that way I can put my cards on the table and yeah. see how it plays out. And I realized in that statement that she was trying to manage it all the time mm. that her mo was oh no you know i don't want them to know this yet or that's too much or this is this and and trying to to decide what they were ready for or what she was willing to share with them and it was really fascinating because it of course made me ask that question of myself where am i doing that um which i realized i'm not very good at um, but what i was unfortunately very good at was the other side of the equation that you just spoke to of you know, doing that with my partner, 
and actually going, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe this she could work on or whatever. And seeing this like amazing person and what else? I'm like, oh, how can we get this to come out now? And they may not be ready to do that yet. Yeah. And so I, I really appreciate you sharing that story because I know it's, it's I can't imagine it's just you and me that uh, <laughs> have that going on in their lives so yeah it, it'd be hilarious though if it was just you and i wouldn't I mean, it <laughs> what a joke i'm like yeah ken and jp you guys were the only ones here however how funny you met uh, <laughs> seven and a half billion people and you two found each other um, but yeah. somehow what, what's most personal seems to be most universal and that rhymes so of course i'm gullible enough to believe it yes rhyming makes everything true that's awesome. Well, JP, let me let me kind of shift gears here a little bit. I, I'd love for you to share a story with us of, of a time in your life. I call it like a proudest moment in partnership. And where I recognize these is when it's something that, and it could be, you know, a relationship, it could be a business, it could be any place it shows up. But it's it's one of those moments in partnership that when you think about it, you can't help but smile. Mm. Yeah, uh, and I love that. One of the things that comes to my mind first is actually the same relationship, but a specific time, my lovely ex-girlfriend was, and I'm going to toot my own horn, I already made myself seem like a dysfunctional weirdo, so now let me try a little, <laughs> little optimism on myself. Um, uh, at the time, my lovely ex-girlfriend was uh, putting together a, a women's retreat, and it was, I don't know, a few weeks before it. Um, nobody was signing up. And the, the, personal, the person she was, par- she was partnering with for the retreat, the other person was kind of freaking out, like, oh, we should cancel this. I, I, you know, I don't want to do this. It's, we're going to lose money. And, you know, she's in tears and doesn't know what to do. Her heart wants to do it. And her head's kind of telling her otherwise. She can see all the reasons why it hasn't worked so far and why it will not work. And and she needed a shoulder to lean on. And she said, you know, JP, what do you think I should do? And I said, I have no idea. But what does your heart tell you? What's your heart want to do? And... She says, my heart wants to do this. And I said, you better respect your heart then. And that meant the world to her. She, based on what she uh, reported back to me over the next few days, is she, she felt such a level of simple support uh, from me that um, she couldn't really put it into words. And it was all, I, truly, I believe she actually supported herself in that moment, but just projected that on to me and blamed me. And I'm needy enough that I took a little responsibility of it. <laughs> but nonetheless, the idea that I wasn't trying to tell her what to do, cancel it, go ahead with it. Uh, what I did was ask her what her heart wanted. And then I just affirmed that. I supported her heart's support for herself. And just seeing what that meant to her definitely was a lesson of like, yes, do more of that, JP. You know, not just in this relationship, but otherwise supporting people by supporting them to support themselves, affirming what the natural compass of their heart is telling them rather than trying to be a source of insight, wisdom, guidance, or rescuing for them, 
but supporting them to get in touch with their own inner wisdom of their heart was uh, you know, a lovely lesson to tumble through. Yeah, and something that really stands out with that, JP, is is the fact that, you know, as men, oftentimes we're like, why do you always have to fix things? And we hear that from, from women, right? And so to hear a story of a time when you didn't try and fix it, you didn't mm-hmm. try and solve it, you just said, I'm going to hold space for you to listen to your heart. Yeah. And what a huge impact that is, because like I said, when guys oftentimes hear that, how come you're always trying to fix it? Why can't you just be here for me? And to us, it's so like, doesn't feel good. We're like, how can that be helpful? (laughs) That can't be a good thing. That's like a nightmare. But for them, it it isn't. And so for you to share with us a specific example of like, this is what that did for her. It was just enormous. That's amazing because I, I think we question, like, is that really going to work? They're just setting me up to get in trouble again for something else. Um, yeah. But the reality is they're saying what they need, and it's not what we need because we're not the same. We're men and women, and we're meant to work in harmony, not to be parrots of each other. So yeah. thank you for, for giving us that, that wonderful illustration. Oh, yeah, absolutely. To me, it, it just it, it represents... Uh, an insight that I really wish wasn't true. And that is everything you just said. And what I heard you say, Ken, is essentially, sometimes when we feel most helpless, that's when we're being most helpful, because we're not out fixing, which is ultimately disrespecting the personal power, authority and free will of our partner. So we're not trying to fix, we're there to be present with which to me is truly support. And uh, I think the consequence of being that uh, beautiful, loving light and support uh, for our partner, negative consequences, sometimes we feel helpless as hell. And our feeling about that can torment us. I think the lesson that I just learned from how you heard what I said was essentially uh, uh, tolerating that feeling of helplessness at times is one of the tasks that we're challenged to take on. Uh, It can be a fair bit of suffering in the name of honoring something much greater than just our need to fix so that we can feel better. Yeah, that's that's very well said, and it may very well be the best definition of partnership that anyone's ever said on this on the show, and you weren't even trying to. So, (laughs) thank you. Well, JP, we're at a part of the show. I call it bring it all home portion of the show. And this is where we step away from stories. And I ask you to provide some simple, concrete guidance for our listeners that they can you know, take home with them and, and apply to their partnerships right now. And where I'd like to start is what would you say is the best, you could call it partnership or relationship, but what's the best advice you've ever received around that area of your life? Mm. Yeah, two quick things come to my mind, um, and I have to do two, not one, just because I'm needy and need to feel important. Uh, the, the first is feel feelings. Uh, and to me, this is a two-way street. Feel our own feelings uh, that come up through our experience of our partner, and then acknowledge our partner's feelings. We There are... There are hours and hours and hours wasted fighting where we're talking a lot and saying nothing 
because we're both ignoring our feelings. Uh, acknowledging what our partner is feeling and acknowledging what we are feeling, stripping away the stories, I feel sad, period. And hopefully my partner can acknowledge it. And when she says, JP, I'm mad, hopefully I have the courage and vulnerability to hear and acknowledge that she is mad rather than getting defensive or tricking her into rationalizing, well, why are you angry? Which ultimately brings up a whole lot of story that's, again, a bunch of words that don't really say anything. Feelings. To me, that is the path of intimacy, which is the path of true uh, uh, you, uh, communication and unionizing of partners. So, feelings. Uh, the second thing that uh, I would want to say is own your projections. Uh, know when you're projecting onto your partner, which is probably only 100% of the time. <laughs> and also acknowledge when your partner is projecting onto you, which is 100% of the time, instead of owning their projections. Uh, so owning your own projections is incredibly humbling. So that's, you know, when I'm sad, I can project that out and you made me sad. And I'll do that sometimes. Yet on my good days, I'll own it. I am sad. And what is it about my experience of you that made me make myself sad? If we're unwilling to own our projections, then inevitably our partner in my experience will resent the hell out of us because we're making them responsible for how we're experiencing ourself in our life. Uh, and that's for me just a recipe for war, whether it's active conflict, passive conflict or both. It's just a recipe for war. So I, I personally so value feeling our feelings, acknowledging our partner's feelings, and owning our own projections and handing our partner's projections back to them respectfully. That's great. That is such a great reminder because, I mean, most of us have heard this on some level, but it's we need For those sure. 67,000 reminders a day to, <laughs> to get us there, right? I agree with that. Yeah. Well, JP, I'm wondering if you had to pick, what would you say would be like a book or a resource that you would recommend to listeners and, and why that specific one? Well, I'm a big fan of going with the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, Conversations with God, book one by Neil Donald Walsh. Uh, sounds super dogmatic, religious, yet if you haven't uh, read it or listened to it, it, for me, it's not a at all a dogmatic religious book at all it's a uh it's a wonderful conversation uh between the author and uh his perception of what's beyond him what he calls god and that was the first really kind of open my mind and heart kind of book i read when i was 20 years old and why i would recommend that is it at least gave me a sense that I am in a partnership with something greater than myself. It's pretty intangible. I can't see, smell, hear, taste, or feel it with my five senses anyway, yet it's somehow there. 
So it, it, that book helped encourage me to form and nurture a relationship with the mystery in life. And that's been incredibly meaningful to me. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that is a wonderful, wonderful book. Absolutely. And JP, we're kind of getting to the end of the show here. And I, I, I mean, it's clear from our conversation and, and what I know about you from before, but I'm sure anyone that's on this podcast right now listening and hearing your voice for the first time realizes this guy has a lot to share. He's an amazing resource. So I'm wondering if you would share with our listeners just how they can contact you and learn more about what you do. Yeah, you know, uh, two great places to find me, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash awakenwithjp, and then on my website, awakenwithjp.com, and there's resources on there, and I've also got the free giveaways to trick people into signing up for my email list, you know, full <laughs> transparency there. So two great places to find me. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, JP, your, your stories, your your candor and honesty with sharing what's going on for you and what you've been experiencing has just been amazing. I, I've, I've been feeling it all through my body throughout this interview. I'm sure our listeners are just like trying to take notes as fast as they can. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, you're more than welcome, Ken, and I uh, appreciate you having me on and all you lovely listeners. Thank you for making space in your day uh, to entertain some of the delusions I've shared and for um, listening to this wise guy named Ken. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.